0: All right, all right, all right. Good morning, everyone. How are you all today? All right. That wasn't, that wasn't bad for 25 people. I like it. Well, I just want to congratulate you all. Today is the Sunday that everybody gets a prize for showing up. It's like the Oprah Winfrey show. Uh, reach under your seats. I'm just joking, obviously. You braved the weather. Amen, huh? Isn't it amazing? And I'm going to convict all of our friends. There's probably 100 people watching on Facebook Live today. Um, that couldn't stand the idea or the thought of getting wet this morning. So I'm going to go ahead and convict you and let you know that our Lord and Savior carried a cross for you. Um, he was beaten unrecognizable for you and ultimately nailed to that piece of wood for you. So I think a little bit of water would be okay. Amen, church? Amen. All right. Sorry that I had to get that out of the way real quick, but... Uh, I can't think for one moment that it's because I was preaching today that nobody's here. Um, So that's what I've been putting through my head for the last 30 minutes is that it has to be the elements. (laughs) So no, I am um, blessed to have this opportunity. Uh, Most of you know me and know me pretty well. Some of you don't. And I'd love to get to know you better, preferably over Starbucks coffee. But if we have to go to one of these local shops, that's fine. Uh, Whatever you want to do. But I'd love to chat with you. Every time I get the opportunity uh, to preach God's Word um, is a testament to His grace, um, because honestly, uh, while I never put my life on the line for our country, um, or in any brave acts at all, I promise you that, um, I did try to take my own life several times uh, through the way that I lived it, so the fact that God saved me and chose me um, to, to preach His Word, it, it's, it's His grace uh, presented in front of you, so... Uh, with that being said, we're right in the middle of a sermon uh, series on the book of Acts, which is the beginning of the church, hence the title. So just a, a brief recap of what we've seen so far. At the beginning, uh, Jesus came and spent some time with his disciples after rising, right? So then he promises that this Holy Spirit's going to come down with power, right? So that his disciples can be uh, his witnesses all over the place so that they can talk about the amazing things that he's done. And then the way that uh, Pastor Mitch put it, that you know, he literally just lifted off the ground and went into heaven, and they all just sat there like, what? you know, and uh, and then they're thinking, what are we gonna do now, right? So they figure, well, we're down a man, so we better get a new man in here. So um, they decide to replace uh, Judas with Matthias, and then the Holy Spirit comes, right? Just like Jesus had powered the Holy Spirit, or, or had said, the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. Um, you know, everyone's speaking in languages that everybody understands. Uh, the people on the outside looking in think that they're drunk. Um, but it's it's the Holy Spirit working. And then the disciples say, all right, we have to spring into action. We have to do uh, what Jesus told us to do, right? So Peter, of all people, gets up and he starts preaching um, just this amazing sermon that we have uh, tidbits of in our Bible uh, that we turn to. And um, 3,000 members are added. Isn't that amazing? Um, I've really been praying on this all week that after my amazing sermon uh, and the Holy Spirit that 3,000 members would be added. Uh, That would be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? They'd be like, "Uh, sorry Mitch. (laughs) Just joking. That'd be the Holy Spirit if that happened, not me. Not me at all. So that brings us to the beginning of the church. So we're at Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. So if you have your Bible, um, we're going to read that. And we're basically going to stay in this little bit of scripture all day. Um, Not all day. I have moving to do. Um, But for a little bit of time. So Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. Um, Also, if you got the the handout this morning, there is a note card in there. It's not as beautifully laid out as when Mitch is preaching because I like to kind of go all over the place. Um, but I'm going to give you three points to a healthy church. So if you're taking notes, uh, we're on the version app as well. Um, or if you're old school, you can write them down. So, um, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, let's read. Now this is after the 3,000 souls had been added that day. And it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship of the breaking of bread and the prayers. praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were saved. So, after all that's happened in the book of Acts, here we are, right? Common misconception, sometimes maybe an an oversight, if you will. We look at this and we think, wow, man, they are just racking in numbers here, right? Right? They're really just building this thing amazing. It's unbelievable that this is all happening. These people are sacrificing everything. They're getting rid of everything, and they're running, and they're living in this community together that they're all right in one place. They never leave. They do all this. These people all still had homes. They all still had families. All right? They all still had things going on. So so let's clear that before we start, okay? These were still human beings. Because they're written about in the Bible doesn't make them not human, all right? They're humans. They had to make a decision every day to go to temple together. They had to make a decision to risk their lives to go and do this thing uh, and serve Jesus. So how did they lay down this foundation of this healthy church? What was their blueprint? You see, we're, we're given that blueprint in these six scriptures right here. So what we're going to try to do this morning is break them down, and we're going to do a 2,000-year review of the church, Okay. How is the church 2,000 years later according to Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47? The first thing, if you're taking notes, the first way uh, that they were right in the way that they started the church was they they devoted themselves to the gospel. They devoted themselves to the gospel. What brought the 3,000 in? Think about it. The 3,000 people came in. Jesus was walking around teaching for a long time. There's a good chance that those 3,000 souls that came in had heard him, right? They saw a passion in the way that Peter spoke. Peter got up and he preached a sermon to them, a Holy Spirit inspired, salvation, life changing sermon preached in front of them, right? And 3,000 came in. They got into God's Word. Hearing the word of God, verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. If you know about the Bible, what were they teaching? The Bible, right? They were teaching the Bible. They were teaching scripture. And then they were wrapping in their life experience with what they had just been through with Jesus Christ. So they're standing in front teaching the scripture, teaching the word, teaching their life experience through Jesus Christ. And 3,000 were given to them. What else did they do? They took communion together. Think about this. Think about it. We take communion, right? What do we take communion for? In remembrance, absolutely. Thank you. We take communion in remembrance, right? What you have to remember about this, they had just taken communion with the king not too long ago, right? So they took what they had saw in that moment and they didn't forget about it, okay? Something that we do that we're all guilty of. New Christians. Man, you come out of the gates on fire, don't we? Listen, I'm not a lifer. You got, I just told you that. I'm not a lifer. When Jesus stepped down and took control of my life, man, I came charging out like, the, what's the horse that just won everything? Justify. That was me, man. I was out of the gates. I was ready to tell everybody that they were messing up and that they were going to hell just like I was. And unless they give their life to Jesus right now. You better come down here and listen, I was a old school church in Ohio. Um I was raised in a Nazarene church when I went to church when we were kids. But then we went to um it was it was Baptist background, I believe. But there was anointing and with oil, laying hands on which is all good things. I'm not saying they're not good things. I think that uh, maybe we should do that sometimes. Um but that's how it was. I Man, we came to the altar, when the church service ended we didn't meet over at the coffee pot and uh, talk about what we were going to do the rest of the week. Normally, we had to keep the doors open for two or three hours because people were at the altar praying. That's a beautiful thing. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, but they had just taken communion with Jesus. They would just taken it, and he explained it to them. Right? And then what did they do? They took what he taught them, and they went, and they kept it. Right? And we still observe that today in our church. Um, so, so they took communion together, all right? So they're devoting themselves to Jesus' teaching. What do we know about Jesus? What do we know about the Bible? And what did Jesus tell them with conviction? The reason that they killed him is because he said, you're looking at him, right? You're looking at the guy. I'm God, right? So the, the Old Testament, Jesus was that bridge. What he said when he appeared on the road, right? He said, this word, this scripture that you've been reading is about me, and he sat and he showed the men every single scripture that was about him, right? So the Old Testament was a bridge to the New Testament, was a bridge to Jesus. Uh, verse 46, they praised together. Going to the temple daily, it says. Why would they go to the temple? To worship. They would go to the temple to worship. They would sing, they would praise, they would talk about God, they would share experience with each other. And they did that daily. You see, the word of God was never not on their tongue. It was on their tongue. They were new Christians coming out of the gate on fire. Right? When we started, it's been a little over two years ago when we started this church. When we started... Everybody involved had stacks of invite cards, right? And we're just ready to go. Ready to invite anybody that we could. We told everybody about it, right? We told everybody about it all the time. And then you get in and you get a little bit comfortable and you stop that daily temple worship, right? You get complacent. We grow a little bit relaxed. And uh, and you're not as on fire as you were when you were first saved. When that... Holy Spirit first came upon you with power, and it changed your life. That's what's going on right here, all right? We can't let that happen any longer, all right? It's happened in a lot of us in here. I know that I go through times, and I have to redevote myself, and I have to say, listen, you're talking about other things too much. Listen, you're living in the world too much. Listen, it's become too much about you, Right? So sometimes we have to work those things out internally with our Lord and Savior. And we have to work it out externally through prayer and through worship daily. So they devoted themselves to the gospel. So uh, they also, in verse 46, it says, um, day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. Right? So they were attending temple and they were breaking bread in their homes. City groups. Amen? This is what I was telling you a little bit ago. They weren't just all living together in this like, big commune or anything like that. They had their homes. They had families. And they were choosing to be a part of this, just like you all chose to get up this morning to come here. You see, Jesus. if Jesus wanted us all just to love Him, He would have made us robots. God would have made us robots. But He doesn't just want us to love Him. He wants us to want to love Him. He wants us to want to serve Him. He wants us to want to tell others about Him. Alright? It's not a prerequisite. That's why it's grace. If it was because of works, then we would be doing them. But we, what we do is we cover ourselves with this grace and we say, well, we don't have to work. But well, I think if you were here last time I preached, I think I debunked that theory, right? And I think Jesus did too in Matthew 25. I'm pretty sure He debunked that. Right? You don't have to work, but why wouldn't you work? He worked for us, right? So how's Redeemer compare? How do we compare to devoting ourselves to the gospel, to the things that Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 lays out for us? Communion. Check. Right? We take communion. Communion's an amazing thing. When we go on student camp, we'll actually take uh, the things with us, and we'll do communion there. Um, we'll take a night and set it aside, and we'll study it, and we'll learn about it, and we'll take communion together. Um, praising. Check. Check. We love to praise God, right? We even had a night of worship before. We had 21 days of prayer uh, where we got together here bright and early in the morning and praised together. It's a beautiful thing. And let me tell you something. It doesn't have to be just here. Um, a big problem for me when I became a Christian was getting rid of my music. I was like, oh, music's everything, man. I, You know, I love these guys. I love this stuff, you know? And then you start listening to praise and worship music and, you know, my... Mayo put something on and we're eating dinner. And five minutes later, I'm like, God, it's so good. I can't even finish my pork chops. I don't believe He saved me. I don't believe I'm eating this pork chop. It's unbelievable. I shouldn't even be here. You know? But, but praising God is a beautiful thing. And let me tell you something. You want to invoke the Holy Spirit? If you say, well, I only feel Him every once in a while. Right? I'm sure if I said show of hands, honest show of hands, I'm sure a lot of hands would go up. Maybe even some hands saying they've never felt it. Never felt the spirit. Let me tell you something. Put on some Christian music. <laughs> Maybe some hill song. Eat some pork chops. Have Maya with you. And you'll feel it. No, but seriously, if you if you if you want to we we, we let out emotions through music, right? Especially when I was younger, I listened to a wide variety of music. But when I was really young, I had two older brothers. Well, I still have two older brothers, and I'm pretty old now. But they were into heavy metal. So when I'd get angry, I would, like, crank, like, uh, anthrax or, you know, something crazy and shut the door. And, and like, just going through it in my head, like, I'm working this out, you know? (laughs) But, you know, if you really want to work some things out, put on some praise music, right? Get in your word. Study the Bible. Devote yourself to the gospel. Devote yourself to the gospel, and I promise you it's life changing. I promise you it's life changing. So, prayer. Prayer. How are we doing with prayer, Redeemer City Church? I put next to my notes, check, question mark, check, (laughs) question mark, and I'm like, how are we doing with prayer? You know, I, I, I think that we do good sometimes with prayer. But I want to tell you James 5.16 says, and it's not on the board, it says, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, my brothers and sisters. So you see, what, what they did here in this church is they became a community. They became a family. They became brothers and sisters. They became close-knit bunch. And they confessed these things to each other. And they prayed for each other. Like I said, this is a a review, right? We're going to review the corporate church. We're going to review Redeemer City Church. And we're going to take it all based off of what Acts chapter 2 tells us. I think we need to pray more. Anybody agree with that? Give me an amen if you agree with that. I think we need to pray more. I think that in my home, if I'm struggling financially, I need to work more. (laughs) Right? I think that if this comes out any farther, I probably need to exercise more. But right now, I'm good. (laughs) I haven't got there yet. I'm I'm, uh, on my way. But... uh, You know, we we look at things physically or materialistically and we say, how do we correct that, right? How do we get better at that? How do we grow over here? How do we do more over there? But when we're looking at our church and we're saying, man, this is great. Don't get me wrong. I love this place. I love it here. I look forward to coming here. I look forward to breaking bread in my home with you guys. I look forward to growing as family with everyone in here. I mean, I, I truly love you guys. When I say that, I mean it. I don't really have friends outside of here. You guys are my friends, you know, but why aren't we praying for each other? I honestly, if, if I, other than one time I could think about in the last six months, somebody asked me to pray for him. And that was here, that was here when we had a specific prayer time and the elders were here and somebody came down and asked me to pray over them. Other than that, and in my city groups, I don't have people coming up to me after service asking me to pray for them. I just don't. And you know what? I don't ask anybody to pray for me. I don't do that. Why? I I don't know. I used to. But we have to devote ourselves to the gospel, not just the comfortable parts of it. See, what we we have to understand in this church right now, they could have all been killed for what they're doing. And we'll find out later, a lot of them are. Right? And yet they did it. We're not going to be killed for praying for each other. Not here. We're not going to be killed for that. But yet it makes us a little bit uncomfortable, so we don't do it too often. Right? We have to get past that stuff because... We want this to be a healthy church. We want to get all A's on our report card. We want check marks, right? We want to be doing well. So, when it comes to prayer, I think we need to work on that. How's the, uh, the capital C, the big church, do? I think on praising, they're doing a great job. I mean, honestly, I think praise and worship music has come so far and a lot of it stems from church bands church bands are starting a huge movement in praise and worship music I think in communion, I can't, you know, I think they do communion in other churches, I don't, I don't really visit many other churches that often um, prayer you know, what I see of prayer a lot of times and, and I saw it this week with the horrible thing that happened on Bayshore Boulevard this week and uh, somebody put, you know, we're we're praying for you and, you know, and then we've talked about this, the comment section. <laughs> don't pray for them. Take care, you know, and it's like, I don't, so I don't have that stuff. As soon as I look at the comment section, I start to want to put on anthrax again. <laughs> so I don't look at, I don't look at that stuff. But we have to devote ourselves to the gospel. And you know what? If we have an issue with the way the big church is doing it, the Capital C Church across the country, across the world, then you know what we have to do? We have to make change. We have to create change. You know? We're small in numbers, but we're mighty in the the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus told us that, that the Holy Spirit was going to come on us with power, to be His witness in all the world. All of it. That doesn't stop at the door of another church, by the way. So you know. Okay? We can walk in there. We're allowed in there. We have that freedom in this country. So, the second thing that they did was they devoted themselves to each other. They devoted themselves to each other. Verse 44 says that they had all things in common. What does that mean, church? That they have all things in common. What's mine is yours. What's yours is mine, right? Think about that. What's being a good neighbor? What's being a good neighbor? You got a cup of sugar? Right? You got a cup of sugar? You ever cut your grass and you see your neighbor's grass needs cut and you just cut it? You're not doing it for a thank you. You're doing it cuz hey, what the, you're out here? What the heck? I'll cut his grass. You know what I mean? He did this for me before. It's not a it's not a game. It's not a competition who does the most, who does the least. It's called agape. It's that it's that that love that you welcome people into. It's that community, right? It's that community love. It's that family, you know? Your brothers, your sisters that you do anything for, right? That's what they did. They were willing to do anything for each other. In verse 45, it says uh, that they took care of each other. It says, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need I'm going to do something a little different and I want you guys to see something real quick these boxes here are about a quarter of the way full maybe so if we put them all together this one's about empty it has like four things in it if we put them all together we'd have one box full We'd have one full box. That's good. One full box helps. One full box helps. It's not good enough. I'm sorry. It's good. We need to hear this. We, we need to be convicted. We need to be convicted. It's a good start. It's a good start. Okay? We need to do more. They're literally going into their home and somebody that's lacking food, they're taking something and selling it and buying them food. Right? We're going to read a a word out of a book here in a minute from an outsider looking in in A.D. 125 who talks about how they would sometimes fast for several days because somebody else not even in their community somebody else was going without food they would fast for several days so that that family could have food. We have an awesome gift that was given to us. An amazing gift of eternity from our Savior. And it it, it didn't come easy. He didn't just... You guys know the story. And He told us to love one another, right? What did He say? By this, everyone will know who we are. How you love one another, right? So they were literally selling their possessions... When somebody went without. To take care of them. They ate meals together. We're good at that. We're really good at that. If anybody wants to eat later, i am get together with all of you and eat. That's great. Love eating meals together. I've said it joking before when we were doing a food drive or something that throughout the New Testament, Jesus was normally either leaving a meal or on his way to a meal. And that's true. Look it up. You look into it. It's true. All right. Do your homework. Study. We, uh, we had a student life camp that we went to, uh, Mitch, me and Mitch and Ben with the youth group at, at Skycrest years ago. <clears throat> and uh, the whole basis of scripture was come to the table. And and we studied a lot of that, it was great. Um, but they ate together. You see, what they were doing is that they were creating a community of believers for one another. And what's a community do, Right. What was the old saying about raising a child? It takes a a village, right? It takes a community. It takes a a lot of people. We had a baby dedication the other day, right? And we all took a vow to be there for these kids, correct? I wasn't here, but I did it at home. Actually, I did it at a condo, Clearwater, but I still took a vow. So if your kid ever needs discipline and you're not around, I'm going to take care of that kid. It's a community. They did everything for each other. You have to understand that 3,000, that's brand new. If 3,000 people showed up here today, we would rejoice like you've never seen. But then we'd be like, where are we going to put them? What are we going to do? We'd be knocking down walls. We'd be calling the landlord trying to get that part of the building. You know what I mean? That's what you have to understand that they, they had this all happen, Right? This all happened. Boom. Here you go. Here's 3,000 people start a church. Okay. Hopefully they're all tithing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> At least they're willing to sell their toaster to help somebody else get toast. That's a good thing. Um, but there's a series of scriptures throughout the New Testament, right? And uh, they didn't have this yet, but we have this. And I just wanted to share it with you. It's called the, the one another scriptures, right? I'm just going to run through a few of them. Galatians 5.13 says, serve one another through love. Romans fifteen and fourteen says, instruct one another. Colossians three and nine says, do not lie to one another. Romans twelve and ten says, outdo one another in showing honor. Ephesians four and thirty two says, Be kind and compassionate to one another. First Thessalonians four eighteen says, encourage one another. James five and sixteen we read a little bit ago, confess your sins to one another. And pray for one another. James 5 and 9. Do not complain about one another. (laughs) I like that one. Uh, James 4 and 11 says, Don't criticize one another, brothers and sisters. Here's a good one. 1 Peter 4 and 9. Be hospitable to one another. Comma space without complaining. (laughs) That's a good one. We should all write that one down and put it on our fridge. uh, Especially right before Thanksgiving dinner. And finally, 1 John 4 and 12 says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God remains in us. You see, we need to build community. We need to build community. Right now, I think we're getting a really good review on this. If if I was in charge, I think we're doing a good job building community. The only place that we're lacking is inviting more people in. Our community, our community is not just for us, right We want a big community. We want to be developers, you know? we want to be uh, land developers. We want to have to bust down walls. We want to have to look for another building you know what we 'd really love to do church? We would love to plan another church that 's what we 'd love to do. love to take we have four pastors we 'd love to split them in half and go start another church. But until we fill this one up we can 't do that. we can 't do that. That's the only place that I would give Redeemer uh, not a check mark. All things in common, I think that we're doing that. I think we could do more for the outside, right? But I think for each other, we really take care of each other in here. I really believe that. You know, TJ and Melissa just had a baby. We filled up their meal train list, right? We're taking them meals and they're appreciative. Um, they love it. They're really happy about it. I know that that's happened for you guys and um, you know, for several others, when people are sick, when people are moving, when people are adopting, when, you know, when people are fostering, all of those things that we're really good at taking care of each other, you know, um, with some of our homeless friends, giving them jobs, helping them find jobs, helping them get social security stuff, you know, those things. I think that we're really good at that. I think we just need more people to do that with. Amen. Do you guys agree with that? That falls on our shoulders, building community very important I want to read you something I want to read out of this commentary book that was written by Tony Marita um, a little something that he wrote about number three presenting an attractive faith the third thing that we need to do is present an attractive faith. Think about Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. That looked pretty good to you, wouldn't it? With the oppression that was going on from the church? I mean you couldn't do anything. You had to follow all those rules. You had to do what they told you to do. You know, it was tough. I don't know about you, but if I was living in those days, I would be all over that. You know, that would be a great opportunity. Just like a lot of you, we're all over this. A lot of people left their churches because they felt God calling them here. It's a brand new church. It was an upstart, right? It was a new place. So a lot of people felt called here. They felt called here because of issues with other places. They felt called here by the Holy Spirit because there would be more opportunity for them to take more of a leadership role. There are many different reasons why people felt led here. But there was an attractive faith presented to them once they got here, right? And that was the community that we had here. So this gentleman, his name is Aristides, and he wrote this commentary in AD 125 about the spread of Christianity. And I just wanted to share it with you guys. It's very interesting. He wrote, If one or other of them have bondmen or bondwomen or children, through love towards them, they persuade them to become Christians. And when they have done so, they call them brethren without distinction. They do not worship strange gods, and they go their way in all modesty and cheerfulness. Falsehood is not found among them. And they love one another. And from widows they do not turn away their esteem. And they deliver the orphan from him who treats him harshly. And he who has gives to whom who has not. Without boasting. And when they see a stranger, they take him into their homes. And they rejoice over him as their very brother. For they do not call them brethren after the flesh... But brethren, after the Spirit and in God. And whenever one of their poor passes from the world, each one of them, according to his ability, gives heed to him and carefully sees to his burial. And if they hear that one of their number is imprisoned or afflicted on account of the name of their Messiah, all of them anxiously minister to his necessity. And if it is possible to redeem him, they set him free. And if there is among them any that is poor and needy, and if they have no spare food, they fast two or three days in order to supply to the needy their lack of food. This was written by somebody on the outside looking in when this Acts church was getting off its feet. This is what he saw. Let me ask you something. Is that an attractive faith being presented? <clears throat> Absolutely. Wow. When I saw that, Mitch bought me this book and I was reading it. And when I saw that, I called him. I stopped what I was doing and I called him instantly. And I was like, wow. And he's like, don't tell me I haven't got that far. <laughs> so, but it's like, that's incredible. That's incredible. So think about how that looked from the outside and think about how we look to the outside. you got to think the, the Acts Church was a group of people being filled with hope. They were taking care of each other. They were hanging out with each other. They were praying together. And then after they did all that, then what were they doing? They were going out there. You see, we get this scripture to tell us how the church started. The whole book is about the beginning, but right here is right the jump off, right? It's the boom initial, flag in the ground, 3,000 people, and then verse 47 says, day by day, the number grew of those who were saved. Day by day. So if we give Redeemer City Church a review on the, the third part how are we doing here are we presenting an attractive faith <clears throat> are we going outside of these walls and telling people about what Jesus did right not what they're doing wrong are we loving people right where they're at who shops at the same grocery store all the time basically for the most part Basically, everybody has their own grocery store, right? See the ca- same cashier a lot? Same cashier? No? Different one every time? Huh? Oh, Christina's Well, you'd be easy to witness through that, Christina. How, how many of your Publix or Winn-Dixie or wherever, how many of your cashiers know about your faith? How about your extracurricular activities? Whatever you do outside of church. Your place of employment. Is it against the rules to talk about God in your place of employment? Do you do it? One of the first things I was told when I came down here was not to talk about my faith. Because I worked for a bunch of lawyers. I said, eh, wrong job for me. (laughs) See how this works out. I told him straight up, I'm like, listen, I'm not gonna do that. And it worked. You know? Listen, people nowadays, especially in this society today, value. They really put a value on individual, right? So many bands, so many groups, once they get popular, nobody wants to listen to them anymore. It's really weird. Like, you wanna be the person that finds the next thing, right? Like, you gotta try this place. It's awesome. And then once everybody starts going there, you're like, yeah, place is all right. But there's a sandwich shop over in Ebor that you're going to love, right? So as a society that embraces difference and being different, we have to understand that we're different. And if we don't feel different, then maybe we need to pray about that. Because outside there, outside of here, things should be a little different than the way you do them. Things should be a little bit different. And you know what? That's okay. If everybody was the same, how could we witness? Amen? If everyone was Christians, how could we go out and share the amazing, life-changing, life-saving grace of God? Who's excited about that today? Six people, seven, eight. You know why their numbers were added day by day? Urgency. It had to get done. They felt a sense of urgency. Our Lord and Savior came here. He walked around with us. He performed amazing miracles. And He gave us the keys to eternity. We watched Him die. We saw Him rise. He spent time with us. He taught us. He went into heaven right in front of us and then His Holy Spirit came down to us. You know what, church? I'm going to tell you something. I'll let you in on a little secret. He did that for us too. It's the same for each and every person sitting in here. And if you can't wrap your mind around the fact that that is truth, then we need to spend some time in prayer. Let's get down on our knees. Let's get filthy. Let's get down and dirty into it together. Listen, I have some things that I need help with. I know you all do. I don't see one perfect person out here. There was one perfect person. They nailed him to a tree. None of us are perfect. We all need this. We came to Christ because it was attractive to us. I came to Christ because I was a loser. I needed Christ. You know? And we all do. It's the same for me today as it was 20 years ago when He found me and He saved me. Do we live that way? Do we believe that? That we were dead and He loved us and He brought us to life. We have to present that to people. I've wanted to take this bracelet off for about two years. And all it says is the only Spanish that I can speak, Cristo es la respuesta. It means Jesus is the answer. Every time I go to take it off, somebody brings it up somewhere. And they're like, oh, cool bracelet. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thanks. I, literally, I had a, a meeting in Pensacola with these old school Jewish attorneys. And my boss, who's an old school Jewish attorney, told me to wear long sleeves to cover up my tattoos. Right? So I wore long sleeves, but I had my bracelet on. And I was doing a PowerPoint presentation, and I reached like this. And I was like, uh, the bracelet was out, but part of my tattoo was out. So I I went like this, and he goes, I saw that, and I was like, oh yeah, what'd you see? And he said, your bracelet says Jesus. And I was like, I was just blown, because I'm like, he didn't see a tattoo, you know? And I said, "Uh, are you a believer? And I I knew that I was in a room full of Jewish guys, but uh, he says, as a matter of fact, I am, and everybody went, and looked at him like... What? You know? And then, long story short, I'm going up in October, hopefully Amy can go with me, to a um, Christians for Israel rally in Pensacola. And it's going to be awesome, you know? And I sat in a room full of a bunch of Jewish attorneys and talked about Jesus with one less Jewish attorney. Apparently they all thought he was Jewish, but he wasn't. So, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So... We have an opportunity to save souls. I tell, my, I tell my youth group kids, they know this, and I've told them for years, and i told the ones in Ohio this for years. Think about the person, whether it's in your school or your work or whatever it is, that you know is not going to change. I use school because, you know, I'm a youth pastor. Think about the kid in your school where he's just bad, right? It's no good. Drugs, girls, law, you know, whatever. Family, whatever. The worst kid. And that was me. That was literally me in the town that I grew up in. And Christ saved me. Christ saved me. You see, we serve a God that can move mountains. And if that's just a, a, a shirt or a saying to you, then you need to get in your Bible. You need to get on your knees. And you need to seek Him. Because He can change lives. Do you believe that, church? No. Nobody believes that. Do you believe that, church? Okay, thank you very much. I'm going to ask the band to come up on that note while we're all in agreement on something. Listen, I would love to tell you that uh sorry for convicting you or stepping on your toes are making you feel uncomfortable. But if I can make one person feel convicted about something and it gets them for one day, if you're on fire out of here and go, that lunatic told me I had to say something to somebody, some lunatic. lunatic told me I had to say something to another lunatic. And you go say something to that lunatic and one day he gets to heaven, praise God. That's what it's about. This is a blueprint that they gave us, Right? And we're going to learn over the next several chapters that a lot of people don't want this church to work. And guess what? A lot of people don't want this church to work. A lot of people don't want this church to work either. It's our job to study not just this little six verses, but this blueprint. You know, God wrote this for us. He gave this to us to know how to live. He gave this to us to not only live for ourselves, but to live for others. If there's one thing you need to know about Jesus, he wouldn't have had anything to sell. He had nothing. You know what he had to give? His life. And he gave it willingly. And he calls us to do the same thing for his people. No greater love than this, right? No greater love than to lay down your life for a friend you want to feel great love lay down your life for somebody you know that's what we're celebrating today with memorial day people that were willing to lay down their lives for people they'd never see they'd never meet and maybe didn't even agree with a lot of stuff they were doing but they were willing to do it just like the men and women that serve at this church that are willing to do it. Let's be willing to live out this blueprint. And if you're wondering, our overall score is probably an A minus. Maybe B plus. I think we're doing pretty good. When I was in school, my parents might have bought me a car if I had an A minus or a B plus. So but I think we're doing pretty good. Let's work on the things that we're not doing so good, and let's do great.